know I have to pinch myself every morning that I get up. And here he is, the one, the only, one half of the Mega Maniacs, Hulk Hogan. You know something, Jimmy Hart? As the Hulkamaniacs see the drops of sweat dripping on the Hulk Hogan's pythons, that will be the only means of survival of the Money Incorporated when we get done with them in Caesar's Palace, brother. After we strip them of the WWF titles, after we bank roll their accounts, after we break them in half, as they're crawling out to the desert, brother, they'll be trying to drink their own sweat to survive, brother. But Hulkamaniacs, don't panic when you see the pythons hovering over the city, brother. As we come in for the crash landing at Caesar's Palace, I won't harm a hair on the chitty-chin-chin of not even the littlest Hulkamaniac, brother because I'm coming in to take care of business, dudes. I'm coming in for Money Incorporated and the WWF Tag Team titles. And you, Jimmy Hart, your next job as the manager of the Mega Maniacs is to find a place to deposit their carcasses in the desert. Can you do that? You better believe I can do it, Hawkster. I'll find you that place, baby. I'll find you that place. Well, it better be a place that we can bury them so far that I can't even smell the stench off their broken bank accounts. A place that's so deep in the desert that even if a buzzard does a nosedive, he won't even get one little peck off their bodies. But you know something, Hulkamaniacs? We got some bad news. And the bad news is, as I was practicing this week on Brutus Beefcake, as I was getting into the stress test in Gold's Gym, Venice Beach, California, with a metal suitcase, the bad news is, Money Incorporated, Brutus can't be hurt! <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! We tricked him! A we special thanks <laughs> to all our friends at the NASA Space Center down in Cape Canaveral, Florida, Hulkster, because they put the best together for me, brother. It's indestructible. And now, since we've got the stamp of approval from Jack Tunney, the president, and since we've yes. got the stamp of approval from President Clinton, yes, and we've even got the stamp of approval. We tricked him. You know something, I rented a steamroller from the city of Venice Beach as I lay Brutus's beefcake's head on the four-lane highway, Pacific Highway. I backed the steamroller over his head. We tested it this way. We tested it that way. We tested it this way. And there's no way, brothers, that Money Incorporated will ever be able to bust Brutus's noggin in half again. So the way I look at it, Jimmy Hart, we need to plan for the future, brother. Because after Caesar's palace, after Caesar himself bows at the Hulkster's feet, and we're anointed with the WWF tag team titles around our waist, you, Jimmy Hart, will have the toughest job of all. And that is the line that dominoes up. Because from this day forward, as the Hulkster says, it shall be done. We will be the greatest tag team champions in the history of the WWF. We will take on all comers. And with Bionic Brutus Beefcake, even a dump truck load of kryptonite couldn't strip the powers of the Hulkamaniacs. So what you gonna do when the Mega Maniacs <laughs> run wild on you?
Greetings and salutations to all my 90s maniacs! Little Vince McMahon impersonation there, folks. Keep that in mind for the episode that we are about to critique. Welcome to episode 17 of Acceptable in the 90s, Will and Mercy's favourite podcast. Big Meaty Cool is here to guide you through the perilous but no less entertaining waters of the 90s wrestling scene. As you may know, we are still on the road to WrestleMania as we talk about another week of Titan Sports' flagship programme, WWF Monday Night Raw. Before we do that though, it's time to look back on the weekend that was. That's right folks, we need to talk about Saturday! I mean, talk about Saturday? Saturday, more like. Welcome to the second WWF Superstars Report of the new era of Acceptable in the 90s. The show was broadcast on March 13, 1993 from Long Beach, California and was part of the mammoth February 15, 1993 tapings. Results from the show are as follows. Papa Shango defeated Mark Ming in 1 minute and 56 seconds with reverse shoulder breaker. The Nasty Boys defeated Ed Arse and the White Shadow with the running power slam elbow drop combo in 2 minutes and 42 seconds. I can't believe there was a wrestler called Ed Arse. That's brilliant. Yokozuna with Mr. Fuji defeated Casey Cleric with the Bonsai drop in 2 minutes and 32 seconds, where commentary was heavily hyping Hacksaw Jim Duggan's return to action. The Native American Tatanka defeated Al Burke in 2 minutes and 2 seconds with the Samoan drop. And the main event saw Lex Luger defeat Jumping Joey Mags with the elbow smash in 2 minutes and 12 seconds. Besides the Mega Bastard Maniacs only getting 4 minutes this week and Yokozuna further destroying poor KC to build to his title match, the main bit of Mania build was given to Harvey Whippleman and his Atlanta Hawks reject. What is going on? Giant Gonzalez! And Tatanka keeping an eye on Giant Gonzalez. Look at the size of this man. Eight feet tall. Look at him. Giant Gonzalez with his manager, Harvey Whippleman. Whippleman asking for the microphone, I believe. This is awesome. And this is what The Undertaker will have to reckon with at WrestleMania. Wow. I'm here to inform you people that the giant Gonzalez was scheduled to take on 10, 20, 30 different opponents tonight. Even 10 at a time. But when they found out who they were scheduled to 
go up against. Each and every one of them packed their bags and hit the door running. Can't blame them. And that is exactly the reason that The Undertaker is nowhere to be seen in this arena tonight. Yeah, explain that, would you? Because he's just like all those other cowards. He's scared to death. Oh, my. Well, I'm here to tell you that the giant Gonzalez is not fixing to stand around and wait till April 4th for WrestleMania to destroy The Undertaker. We are gonna go find The Undertaker ourselves right now. Well, my Undertaker, when I find you, I will bury you. <laughs> I've got to see that. Can you believe that Giant Gonzalez is on a mission trying to find The Undertaker prior to WrestleMania? What happens if he does? And that's Superstars for this week. It does exactly what it says on the tin. But before we dive kicking and screaming into the start of the week, we need to consult with John Suchet in the ITN newsroom to discover what was occurring on this day in history on March the 15th, 1993. In a landmark case, Mohamed Tabay, police commissioner of Casablanca, is convicted of sexually abusing over 1,500 women and sentenced to death, the dirty bugger. Hope you're getting dry bummed in hell, buddy. Our old mate Vinod Kambli scores 227 runs versus Zimbabwe in his second consecutive Test 200. Paul Pogba, French football player, is born in Lagny-sur-Magne in France. Anthony Bowles, the British music director of Jesus Christ Superstar and DeVita, died of AIDS complications at 61. In the cinemas, CB4, the gangster rap parody starring Chris Rock, is the number one movie at the US box office, while Steven Seagal's Under Siege is still the number one movie in the UK. In the US Billboard charts, Informer by everyone's favourite white Canadian dancehall toaster Snow is still at number one. Meanwhile... In the UK, there's a new number one in the hit parade as Oh Carolina by that cheeky little scamp Shaggy has given Holland's favourite wooden tops a proper pasting. And that, my friends, is the start of the week that was. The March 18th episode of Monday Night Raw emanates from the Mid-Hudson Civic Centre in Poughkeepsie, New York. An unfavourable weather condition has prevented the gang from meeting in Manhattan. 
And just wait until you find out who's hosting, kids. That's right, it's only bloody Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby the Brain Heenan, yes mate, and <sighs> not Vince McMahon. That's right guys, not even a blizzard can keep the world's biggest penis from harassing my every thought, word and deed. Match number one might take my mind off things though, as the bad guy Razor Ramon seeks to give his very best to the incomparable Russ Greenberg. Razor tosses the rambunctious Russ around and hits the fallaway slam, then ties him up with an abdominal stretch and slaps him around on the mat. Bartlett is so unintelligible as Vince that even Gorilla and Bobby are openly annoyed by him here, proving my point that great minds think alike. Razor chokeslams Greenberg and hits a backdrop suplex off the middle rope, before the razor's edge finishes at 3 minutes and 5 seconds. Scotty Hall, Scotty Hall, can we watch you every week? Can we watch you every week? The only way I could love this guy more is if he'd take one of his toothpicks and plant it firmly into Rob the Knob Bartlett's left testicle. Our second match sees the master of shock himself, Typhoon, face the might of L.A. Gore. Yeah! I'm assuming that the inclement weather prevented Bam Bam Bigelow from making it to the previously advertised Typhoon vs. the Bama contest. That would have been a proper jiggly one, wouldn't it, my loves? 
Gore had the kind of look to him that used to make Vince go all light-headed due to the rush of blood to his penis, so it's odd that he never went further than jobber status. Gore hammers away to start, but Typhoon clotheslines him in the corner and hip-tosses him out. Typhoon elbows him down and follows with a suplex. An awful power slam nearly breaks the poor guy's neck before an avalanche puts him down before the big splash finishes at 2 minutes and 54 seconds. Seriously though, how hard is it to do a good Vince McMahon impression? Even I can do one. He's a human cartoon character as it is, and Bartlett can't even do the simplest bits of his set. Like, bad body drop! The match was just there, really. Oh, and um, I, I hate Rob the Knob Bartlett with a murderous rage. Am I on? Am I on now? Thank you, finally! I am on the air! Right now! I'd like to introduce to you... A gentleman who caused The Undertaker to look up at him and wonder what the hell he's gotten into. My guest at this time, accompanied by Harvey Whippleman, the biggest athlete today. My guest, the giant Gonzalez. This is the man that mauled, manhandled, and physically abused The Undertaker, the man who can't be hurt. And you know, Bobby, nobody realized that I was actually telling the truest statement of my life because this is a real big surprise. But what I hate is I haven't yet been able to have the giant Gonzalez prove to everybody exactly how awesome he is because every time he steps in the ring, either the opponent doesn't show up or the opponent runs away. You know, I saw during a match, uh, a battle royal, I believe, right here on Raw, he just merely walked to ringside. Boy, everybody left like there was a plague. They were scared to death. Exactly. And the one man that was stupid enough not to fear and respect the giant Gonzalez at the Royal Rumble was The Undertaker. And you saw what happened at the Royal Rumble. Everybody saw what happened at the Royal Rumble. The Undertaker was beaten, annihilated, and destroyed like never before. Well, The Undertaker has made a statement that he's going to put the giant guns on. Now, I didn't say this. This is what I've heard, that he's going to put him in the biggest coffin the world has ever seen. I doubt that. I doubt it very much. You don't have to worry about how these people react because we're dealing with ignorance, it's obvious. Now then, as far as The Undertaker and his statement, at WrestleMania 9, 
at Caesars Palace, Las Vegas, Nevada. The Undertaker better have a real big coffin. You know why? Because he's gonna go in it and his big, fat, goofy sidekick, Paul Bear, is gonna be running in beside him because the most awesome force in the entire World Wrestling Federation, the eight-foot-tall, 443-pound Giant Gonzalez is gonna destroy The Undertaker and bury him once and for all. So say goodbye to your pale you know, I personally think that if you wanted to, because I've seen you on occasion, you're a tough customer. I'd like to see you take that Paul Bear out with maybe the old one, too. It's like this, Bobby. I'd give him so many rights, he'd be begging for a left. <laughs> one last question. Giant, Mr. Giant Gonzalez, what are your plans for The Undertaker? Undertaker? I have a giant surprise for you. Kind of like a giant burial, wouldn't you say? Ladies and gentlemen, my guest, the awesome Giant Gonzalez. What a blockbuster that's going to be at WrestleMania 9. Hello. The Giant Hello. Gonzalez facing over a decade. He filled more arenas than Ali, Foreman, and Sugar Ray combined. And he's been crowned WWF champion an unprecedented four times. This April 4th, live on pay-per-view, the immortal Hulk Hogan is back. WrestleMania, the World Wrestling Federation's greatest spectacle. Watch the return of Hulk Hogan as he teams with Brutus the Barber Beefcake to wage war with a heartless money ache for the WWF Tag Team Championship. And WWF Champion Bret the Hitman Hart attempts to do what no man has done before, beat the 505-pound sumo warrior Yokozuna. WrestleMania, live Sunday, April 4th, only on pay-per-view. Gonzalez and the brain, Gonzalez and the brain. One is a genius, the other's insane. The insider bit with the production guy was a little bit odd, though. Uncle Bob had better be careful, as Vince is quite keen on cutting costs lately. Match number three is a clash of Black Walls versus Woodchip as the voodoo master Papa Shango faces duck-ass himself, Bob Backlund. Rob Bartlett is making me want to throttle him now. How dare you talk nonsensically over one of the greatest voices of the sport, you tight-jeaned ponce! Shango wins a test of strength by booting Bob down, but Backlund takes him down and works the arm. Shango comes back with a backbreaker and chokes him out in the corner then tosses him and sends him into the apron. Gorilla and Bobby sound just as exasperated with Bartlett as I feel, and he still won't take the hint and shut the hell up. Back in the ring, Shango goes to a chinlock, but Bob fights out of it. Shango puts him down with another backbreaker and drops an elbow, then goes to the chinlock again. A slam gets two, but Backland gets his famous fluke small package for the win at seven minutes, drawing a huge pop. 
Five minutes of this match was essentially a chin lock, but I quite enjoyed the match. Sadly, it would have been so much better with the sound off. This WrestleMania report here on Raw is brought to you by IcoPro. More than simple pills and powders, IcoPro, the only complete conditioning programs designed to prepare you for victory. You gotta want it, IcoPro. Hey, what a WrestleMania it's gonna be inside three weeks, Sunday, April 4th, from Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. You can see it all exclusively on pay-per-view cable TV. Everything from the opening procession to the Egyptian guards to the belly dancers and hold on to your hats, I have been informed we're going to be having the world's largest toga party. That's right, I'm going to be wearing a toga. Certainly our announcing team of Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby the Brain Heenan and the Macho Man Randy Savage, they're going to be in togas. These production people, camera guys, carton cameras around for WrestleMania are wearing togas. People in the audience, people at home, all in all, it is going to be absolutely something else. And of course, that is in addition to the incredible double main event as World Wrestling Federation champion Bret the Hitman Hart defends his coveted crown against 505-pound challenger Yokozuna, who this past weekend on WWF Superstars clearly demonstrated how devastating he can be. Let's pick up that footage after the match was over. You and respect! You show respect! Hey, Wait a minute, what's going on here? respect. We will show you. Hey, teach him a little respect. What else? Oh, come on! This... Hey, Mr. Where's Mr. Fuji? There's no call this for this. There's no call for this at all. What's he trying we to do? It's called respect, that's all. Imagine a quarter of a ton landing on you flush. Uh, perhaps that's a bad choice of words. Now, the other half of that double main event pits the Megamaniacs, the immortal Hulk Hogan, and his tag team partner, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, who coincidentally showed us this past weekend that very unusual mask that he's going to be wearing at WrestleMania to protect his face from further injury. The Megamaniacs will be meeting the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions, Money Incorporated. Right now, let's hear from the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and his partner, IRS. <laughs> the mega idiots, they think they found the Equalizer Irwin, a way to beat Money Incorporated at WrestleMania. Something to even out the odds, no more than a dirty trick. But when you climb into that ring at Caesar's Palace and you roll those dice, it's gonna come up snake eyes! That's right, mega morons. You see, this briefcase doesn't come to WrestleMania with us. First of all, it's not big enough to hold all the money we're gonna win. We've got a special briefcase being made just for you that's armor <laughs> That half of the main event, I guarantee you folks, worth the price of admission alone. 
Here's one that they're talking about everywhere I go, coast to coast all over the world. The eight-foot-tall giant Gonzalez, managed by Harvey Whippleman, will be locking up with The Undertaker. Remember, both men do have managers. Those managers will be at ringside. Standing by with The Undertaker, here is his manager, Paul Bear. Giant Gonzalez, you won't have to look very hard for my undertaker. Just show up at Caesar's Palace, WrestleMania, it will be my undertaker's personal graveyard. Giant Gonzalez, as I stand in your nightmares every sleepless night, let it be known that as each day passes, your nightmare soon will become a reality. Rest in peace. In another matchup, it's perfection against a man that claims he's beyond perfection. Mr. Perfect meets the narcissist Lex Luger. Plus, a virtual plethora of other great matches. If you can't join us in Las Vegas, you can still see this WrestleMania live as it happens exclusively on pay-per-view cable TV. Contact your local cable company right now for the action that starts at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday, April 4th, from Caesars Palace. Right now, let's get back to more Monday Night Raw. Of course, Gorilla Monsoon, all the way to Poughkeepsie, New York. And Gorilla, you still can't shake the weasel Bobby Heenan. What about that other guy sitting over there? That other clown, Bob Barker. He's not much of an improvement. And guys, what about the world's largest toga party? Gorilla, I can hardly wait to see you and the weasel in togas. We'll see you there. Well, no question about it. I'm here with a couple of beauties. But do you think that you're going to be any bargain, Mean Gene, in a toga? I'm not Give wearing a toga. A you're wearing a toga. I have a white sequin suit made. I'm not wearing oh, a this toga. This guy's wearing a straight jacket. I got news for you. What do you need to do? I don't know about that. Moving I think I might be worried about that raw girl's wearing. Taking on the head shrinker. Let's go do something. Come on. The main event of the evening is a tag team contest pitting the Nasty Boys against the original Usos, the Head Shrinkers. We start with a big brawl involving all four men and Samu gets a corner clothesline on Nobbs, but Nobbs fires back with a clothesline out of the corner and the Nasties get a double backdrop. Sags clotheslines Fatu for two and Nobbs follows with an armbar takedown. Sags gets a hip toss and the Nasties double team in their corner but Sags gets caught with a cheap shot and plays face in peril. Following the break, Fatu brings the chinlock party, before throwing Sags around so that Samu can slam him on the floor. Back in, Samu goes up and misses a diving headbutt, facilitating the hot tag to Ricky Morton's older, fatter brother. Nobbs hits Samu with a backdrop, which should have been the easy layup for Bartlett, and we get nothing. They brawl to the floor and back to the concession stand, for the lame double countout at 6 minutes and 21 seconds. This might have been an entertaining brawl given a street fight setting and more time, but this wasn't it. Not great, which is a shame since both teams really could have done plunder very well.
What a tremendous Raw it has been. Don't forget next week, back at the Manhattan Center, and tremendous matches lined up. Money Incorporated will be here. Kamala taking on Doink. Tatanka, the undefeated Native American, faces the Repo Man, and get this, Bushwhackers. On Monday Night Raw. Hey, let's take him outside and pack him in snow and put coal in his eyes and a broom in his hand, a hat on, and watch him melt. Seems like a good idea to What's me. The name of the show, man and the Macho Man, Randy Savage, will be back with you next week. Until then, Gorilla Mod Super, the brain, and I don't know, and now we head to my final thoughts. I don't know whether it's the change of setting or not, but there was a really nice energy to the show, and the crowd certainly helped to lift these matches, all of which were entertaining in their own ways. I'd like to sum up my thoughts on a certain aspect of commentary via the medium of haiku though. I would like to punch that knobhead called Rob Bartlett. Makes me sick, he does. This week's Star of the Night is Razor Ramon. I mean, I did sing a song in his honour after all. The match of the night goes to the Nasty Boys versus the Head Shrinkers. Lousy finish aside, this wasn't half bad. The highlight of the night was having two thirds of the commentary team around for the week, while the low light of the night is Mr. Four Words and Five Syllables again. You know you're not supposed to be on TV if you make the actual Vince McMahon look like the current Kevin Kelly. Driving to a wall, Bartlett, at speed, without a seatbelt. As per usual, we take a glance over at what was going on in the Southern Territory, as WCW had a Saturday night episode for me to enjoy from March 13, 1993, from the Centre Stage Theatre in Atlanta, Georgia. This episode had more time than last week's and it really shows because the matches that we knew were going to be good got a little bit more time. Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas defeated Chip Donovan and the Masked Wrecker in 8 minutes and 9 seconds. Don't let that fool you though because these two jobbers were fantastic. Vinny Vegas defeated Danny Deese in 2 minutes and 18 seconds. Barry Windham defeated one half of WCW's sexiest tag team, Johnny Gunn, to retain the NWA World Heavyweight Championship in 6 minutes and 46 seconds, like anything else was ever gonna happen. Tony tries to get a comment out of Barry concerning Flair, with no success at all. Two Cold Scorpio and Marcus Alexander Bagwell continue to build their tag team chemistry, defeating JD Wolf and Pat Rose in 5 minutes and 21 seconds. Davy Boy Smith defeated Tony Vincent in 2 minutes and 33, then continue to call out Big Van Vader after match. We also learn that Rick Rude has been cleared to compete. Shanghai Pierce and Tex Lazinger defeated Bobby Baker and Scotty McKeever in 1 minute and 15 seconds. 
before everyone's favourite post-Bella twins, the Cole twins, Keith and Kent Cole, defeated Shanghai Pierce and Tex Slazinger without twin magic this time. Max Payne defeated TC Carter in 2 minutes and 1 second. Big Van Vader with Harley Race defeated Dave Hart to retain the WCW World Heavyweight Championship in 2 minutes and 45 seconds. The Bruise Brothers, Don and Ron Harris, defeated Brad Anderson and Terry Bronson in 7 minutes and 49 seconds. Maybe they celebrated by listening to some screwdriver afterwards. As twins, the Hitler Brothers have an obvious issue with Keith and Kent Cole and issue a challenge for a later date. Ric Flair and Arn Anderson turn up for their weekly interview. Listen on after the show to hear it. And Paul Orndorff defeated Dustin Rhodes by DQ in a WCW United States Championship match after 17 minutes when the natural threw Paula into a ring post before Rude made another appearance to challenge Dustin for the belt. And that's your lot for another week, darlings. As always, I would greatly appreciate your feedback, as this show and the podcasts that Danny and I offer as a whole will only improve with your feedback. So do please throw us a follow at One Man's Meat Podcast on Twitter. However, my darlings, in the meantime and in between time, stay beefy. Mm, meat ciders. of about a year or so ago is dead and gone, dead and buried. But at the same time, I'd like to announce a rebirth, my own rebirth. In 1993, you're going to see a different Arn Anderson. I'm going to go back to about 1985 when I was first starting out, earning my reputation on a nightly basis. Each and every night was a new beginning. You see, you can get so good, familiarity breeds apathy. You can get so good at something, you think you know it all. I was at that stage about a year ago. Well, I found out the hard way I didn't know it all. But with Ric Flair's return, the excitement level within myself, being focused on what I have to go after, I just want to make an announcement to each and every title holder out there, whoever it may be. You've got a new contender. You're looking at him, Arn Anderson. Tell him, H. Eric Watts, make the best of this moment because your career in professional wrestling alright is short lived Tony do you feel it you smell it they call it excitement in it this is WCW Saturday night this is 
Nature Boy standing side by side with the Enforcer. What does that mean? Woo! I'll tell you what it means. It means when the time is right, when you're ready, and I'll say it one more time, whether you like it or you don't like it, I love it because it's the best thing going today. Let's go to the ring.